0: Please join us for our scripture reading. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 8. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you very much, Pastor Logan. I want to welcome everyone uh, who has joined us. Um, Those far and wide, let's, let's look to God in prayer as we hear from God's Word. Lord, we thank you for the power of your resurrection. We thank you for the power of your Word And we ask, dear God, that as your word would go forth this morning, it would go with power and with an unction, bringing life and hope, healing and purity to those who hear it. And we pray this in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I do want to give a shout out to some folks dear to my heart. I want to say hi to my younger sister Gigi who has joined us hi to Jeffrey and also Brian Um, anyone else Uh, my friend uh, JP who've also joined and thanks for all those who have joined us at this time we are distantly united That's, I think I coined that phrase. Yeah, I'm I'm piggybacking on the social distancing. So I'm coining the phrase, we're distantly united. Amen. Amen. In Christ. The term coronavirus has been around for many, many years. But we, the general public were, we were not aware of the terminology. A matter of fact, there has been many strands of the flu with names that those of us outside the medical arena would not recognize if we heard them. The reason we know the term coronavirus, (laughs) the reason we know little about the virus, is the same reason we became familiar with the term Ebola it's the same reason why many of us years ago even still today can readily recognize the word cancer all these have one thing in common they bring death the mortality rate is higher than an acceptable rate Their death rate is above some degree of acceptability. Millions of dollars have been poured into research to come up with an answer to combat and be victorious over cancer, over Ebola, and now over COVID-19. As well it should be. This pandemic threatens our way of life on a personal, community, national, and even worldwide level. We've been overwhelmed by it. It consumes our lives and have overrun our daily routine. Crisis mode seems to be the new normal. Wow state of emergencies have been declared in many countries around the world limiting the movements of individuals limiting the gatherings of people in one place shutting down businesses resulting in the loss of jobs leading to the inability of families to meet their financial needs and responsibilities this pandemic is having far-reaching effects that we are still yet to discover. This is happening because it brings death to those infected at an unacceptable rate. Our prayer is that the death rate will be curbed, that some form of medication with a high level of success will be discovered, made available to people around the world. But there is another disease. One that also brings death. This disease has an alarming death rate of 100%. Yes, that's right. 100%. Not only is the death rate 100%, but every single person who have come into this world, save one, has this disease. Sometimes the symptoms are easily observed, sometimes not so easily. This disease, as you may well have figured out, is called sin. Some say that we are born with it. Some say we sin because we are sinners. Some declare that we are sinners because we sin. I think there is truth in both statements. For the psalmist David David declared that surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Psalm 51, 5. And James tells us that then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fulfilled, gives, leads to death. James chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul reminds us that the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, without a doubt, sin brings death. Increasingly, state of emergencies has not been declared because the disease called sin really the rampant rate of sin across the world have not resulted in a state of emergency and why is that well that's a topic probably for another day but the fact is that sin has brought upon us the darkness of death not just physical death but spiritual and eternal death. The uncertainty of our future has everyone on edge. When can I go back to work? When can I hug or shake hands with another person? I have students in my school who hated school. They hated school. Now they are sending me messages. Mr. Mason, I I miss school. I wish we were back at school. There is a yearning for that social gathering. There is a yearning for that social contact. Across the world, people are waiting to hear a word. A word of hope, a word of promise, a word of declaration. This is the end of it all. People are just waiting to hear that. You know, the disciples of Jesus faced a kind of uncertainty and confusion when their Savior died? The scripture tells us that the woman came to the tomb with spices to embalm his body, but found the stone rolled away and Jesus' body not in the tomb. The disciples didn't even remember the words of Jesus' saying. When Jesus said, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. It was the angels who the woman saw there reminded them of the words of Jesus. When the woman went and told the other disciples what had happened, verse 13 tells us their words seem like nonsense. Ah, come on, you're talking stupidness. It seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the woman. <laughs> Isn't it sad? That the only people who remembered the words of our Lord were the very people who plotted to kill him. (laughs) Matthew chapter 27 reads like this in verse 62 and, and onward. The next day, the one after the preparation day, the chief priests and Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember. They remembered that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders, they remembered and the disciples did not. Sometimes the world can put us to shame. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he had been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know now, as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone, and they posted a guard. They remembered. <laughs> but the disciples didn't remember the words of Christ. Wow. So they sealed the stone and posted a guard. Now, some scholars say that they used some kind of mortar to seal the tomb. There have also been discussion as to whether it was a round or square shaped stone. The important fact is that the tomb was sealed and the guard was posted, probably with his life on the line, with instructions to watch the tomb. Now when they came, the body of Jesus was miraculously missing. And the stone rolled away. The body of Christ was not in the tomb. Something powerful had taken place. Something beyond the explanation of the human mind. Beyond, something beyond the scope of physical science. Something beyond the reality of the temporal. Jesus rose from the dead with the power of God the angels asked the woman why do you look for the living among the dead (laughs) why do you look for the living among the dead (laughs) have you ever lost something and you're looking for it and someone comes and asks you the most frustrating question it just happened to me so many times you lose something and then someone said you know someone is trying to help you to find it, but they come and they say, where is the last place that you had it? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't even answer that question anymore. If I find myself in a situation where I've lost stuff and people come and ask me that, I don't even answer that question anymore. I mean, if I knew the last place I had the item, then I, it wouldn't be lost. I would have found it. <laughs> When you lose something, you know, it can drive you to stupidity. Mm, it can drive you crazy. Some time ago, I lost my bunch of keys. I had just come home from doing grocery shopping. I put down my groceries, hung up my outer coat and hat. I went to the bedroom to put away my wallet and keys. My wallet was taken from my pocket and I. Put away my wallet and my keys. Whoops. Wait. Where are my keys? Oh. I think I left them in my jacket pocket. One of them. So I checked. First pocket, no keys. Second pocket, no. I checked all six pockets <laughs> with no success of finding my keys. So I checked my pants pockets, all four of them, no keys. My shirt pockets, all two of them, no keys. (laughs) I looked on the floor, maybe I dropped them, no keys. I looked in the grocery bags, maybe they fell into one of the three bags that I had, no keys. So in my panic, I started looking in places where I had not even gone since I came home. I looked in the pantry. Now, I had not been into the pantry since I came home, but I lost my keys, and it had to be somewhere in in the house. So I looked in the pantry, and of course, no keys. I looked in the bathroom. Why? I don't know. Don't ask me why. I don't, I don't know why I looked in the bathroom. But the, in, in my mind, the keys had to be somewhere in the house. So I looked in the bathrooms. Uh, you know, um, no keys. I mean, I wanted to... I remember wanted to go to the bathroom at the time, but I had not reached the bathroom as yet. But I still looked in the bathroom. I looked everywhere, no keys. It got so confusing that I began forgetting where I had been in the house before I realized I had lost my keys. I couldn't even remember that. Did, did I go? Wait, wait a minute. Where did, I, where did I go? Did I? I couldn't even remember. It was hopeless. And so there's an old Jamaican chorus that says when you've tried everything, And everything has failed try Jesus (laughs) so I prayed I went out through my front door because everything inside the house was driving me crazy I just needed to get out and, and and just to clear my mind so I went outside just to pray and get some peace I prayed I asked God to help me find my keys, I, I prayed, I, I turned to go back inside, and, and lo and behold, there was my bunch of keys with my house key still stuck in the keyhole in the door. Of course. <laughs> mm, I laughed. I laughed for joy. I laughed out of embarrassment. I laughed at myself. I just simply laughed. I had looked in the strangest of places for my keys, under the bed, in the drawer of my bedside table, where I never leave my keys. I looked in my hat. I looked on my computer desk, uh, although I had not even gone to my desk. Other places I am even embarrassed to even mention where I looked. (laughs) Thing is, haven't you, looked for th- something in the strangest of places, that when afterwards you look back and you say, man, that was stupid of me. Why was I looking in that particular place for the thing I was looking for? I mean, would you look for snow in Jamaica? Would you look for the beach in Kansas? Would you look for babies to be born in a nursing home for the elderly? <laughs> Would you look for the living in a place for the dead? No, no, no. So the angels ask, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He rose from the dead and is alive today. Amen. That fact impacts us in many different ways. We are reminded that death, came because of sin. The fact that he conquered death means that he has also conquered sin. Incarnationally, this means that sometimes we find ourselves in a dark place. Emotionally, we're shut out from any light. Physically, we might be totally drained because of stress. Spiritually, we're lost in the darkness of death with fear lurking at our door understand that Jesus was also in that dark place of death he does scare and he does know what you're going through he might be the only person who truly understands what you're going through if you're in a dark place or know someone in a, who is struggling because they are in a dark place right now remember these simple truths remember that jesus was in a dark place he knows what you're going through in the garden he prayed let this cup pass from me he saw the agony that he was going to go through. He saw the pain that he was going to through, go through. He saw Calvary. He saw the death. He saw the suffering. And he prayed to his father, If it is possible, Lord, if it is possible, Father, let this cup pass from me. That, my friends, is a dark place to be. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, he prayed. (laughs) He experienced the darkness of death as he cried into thy hands, I commend my spirit. Sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but instead you've actually been planted. Those are the words of Christine Sometimes, when you're in a dark place, you think you have been buried, but instead, you have actually been planted. Trust God's love and power. Believe that God is willing and able to see you through. Trust His love that He is willing to see you through. Trust His power that He is able to see you through. Trust His love. And power. God's love means that he is willing. God's power means that he is able. Remember. The enemy wouldn't be attacking you if something very valuable wasn't inside of you. (laughs) If thieves know that there's no valuable item inside a house, they're not going to break in. Come on now. If thieves are aware that inside a house, it's not even worth it, it's, there, there are no valuables inside a house, they're not going to break in. But the enemy of our soul, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is attacking our very being. He's attacking our very soul because he knows that there is something very valuable inside, and that is our very soul. Scripture tells us that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Amen. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. Remember that grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in darkness whenever you feel crushed under pressure pressed or in darkness you are in a powerful place a place that could be a place of transformation and transmutation thank god and trust god he will give you life in the darkness of death our Savior is risen and that's a powerful statement that's a powerful reality that is a powerful reality for every single one of us that's a powerful reality that has meaning to for us today as we live day by day but what about the Savior I declare to you and I read a poem that has been instrumental in inspiring me In dealing with times of darkness I turn to this Savior and he gives light he gives life he gives hope he came from the bosom of the father to the bosom of a woman he put on humanity that we might put on divinity he became the son of man so that we might become the sons of God He came from a place where the rivers never freeze, winds never blow, frost never chills the air, flowers never fade. They never phone for a doctor, for there is no one sick there. There are no undertakers and no graveyards, for no one ever dies. He was born contrary to the laws of nature, lived in poverty, reared in obscurity, only once crossed the boundary of the land of his childhood. He had no wealth nor political influence, and his relatives were inconspicuous and uninfluential. Yet in infancy, he startled the king. In boyhood, he puzzled the doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked upon the billows and hushed the seas to sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine and made no charges for his services. He never wrote a book, yet the libraries of the world could not hold the books that could have been written about him. He never wrote a song, yet he has furnished the theme of more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never found a college, yet all the schools together cannot boast of as many students as he has. He has healed more broken hearts and bodies than all the doctors put together. He was never a soldier, but he is the leader of the greatest army in the history of humankind. He is the star of astronomy, the rock of geology, the lion and the lamb of zoology, the harmonizer of all discords, and the healer of all diseases. Great men have come and gone, yet he lives on. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. He laid aside his purple robe for a peasant's gown. He was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. How poor? Asked Mary. Asked the wise men. He slept in another's manger. He cruised the lake in another's boat. He rode on another man's donkey. He was buried in another man's tomb. All failed, but he is never the ever-perfect one. He's the chief among 10,000. He's altogether lovely. He stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed of God, acknowledged by angels, adorned by saints, feared by devils as the risen one. He is the Christ the Son of the living God, the incomparable Christ. This is the Christ of Easter. This is the Christ that we worship today. This is the Christ who gives us the victory. This is the Christ who gives us life in the darkness of death. Amen.